Joey, what's happening, brother? Hey, Jason, how are you? Another day in paradise, another day in paradise, and welcome to Talking During Movies. You just muted yourself. Unmute yourself, please. <laughs> Boom, yeah. Sorry, my Zoom has been, has been giving me all kinds of nightmares. It has oh, for, for everyone. Now, um, are you enjoying a, a tasty beverage during this, or are you a uh, uh, yes or no? I was actually about to go grab one, yeah. So. Yeah, go grab one. I'm Let's going to, okay. I'm going to warm up with a Austin Beer Works Fire Eagle. Oh, very nice. Yeah. That sound, I love that. <laughs> Good deal. Dude, is, that, is that a straight COVID beard you got going on right there? It is. I usually, uh, I'll usually go for about two weeks and then shave it, but it's been, what, seven, seven weeks now, so. <laughs> I had a huge one. Yep. I was like, mm, I gotta pump the brakes. My wife, was, my wife and kid were grabbing onto it. And it was like, it's so thick. And I was like, it's, it's not a toy. It's getting there. I get called out uh, on just about every call I'm on. of like, hey, that beard looks longer than before. And I'm like, yep, that's, a, that's what'll happen. It's a good adult beard. I like it a lot. I like it a <laughs> thank lot. You. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna go grab this. I'll be right back. Go, go grab a beer real quick. I'm gonna do a, a quick announcement on some SMBs love. and give them some love. And you go get a beer. We're gonna find out what beer he has. By the way, to the people at Real Ale Brewing, thank you so much. I have the 12 pack of those four amazing beers. I love them dearly. They are so delicious. And in fact, uh, tonight after my Austin Beer Works, I am going to be dabbling into a little pew pew and lost gold, a little squirt gun and lost gold. So to Real Ale, uh, we exchanged some messages on the uh, wonderful world of Instagram. And you guys let me know what was up and then so thank you to Real Ale. Also, I want to give a wonderful uh, piece of love to um, Chef Drew and the crew at Irene's. I like to let, let two small businesses just give them a little free love on the podcast. If you guys haven't been down to Irene's, uh, listen, I love their food, but oh man, let me tell you, his wife and the desserts that they do, out of sight dynamite, that strawberry shortcake, cake, it's like three layers is decadent and delicious. Uh, what else we got? They've got, um, they always have some seasonal amazing cookie or cupcake or it's folks go there, get it, get the soft serve ice cream, get whatever you want. And of course, always to my two favorite people in the world, dive bar, Austin, uh, Matt and the crew. I miss you guys. I love you guys very much. Check them out on Instagram at dive Austin. You can get booze to go. You can get food to go go support them or whatever local place, just go support. And then for those that like beer, 
the best in the world. The tactical six-pack carrier. The coolest way to carry beer on planet Earth. Go check them out on Instagram, colorblind.design. They made me one. Uh, they actually got Matt and the crew some, and we're going to get some artists when all this ends, and we're going to do custom paint jobs. So instead of going to a bar and getting a bucket of beers, now you're going to roll in and you're going to get a box of beers that's in an old ammo can that's designed by a local artist. And so we're going to try to get some beer companies involved, right? So the beer companies, so it'll be like Real Ale or Austin Beer Works, right? They can step in and be like, hey, do a Real Ale design or do a you know, uh, Budweiser or whatever and get, let the artist go crazy with it. So those are my things. If you have any small businesses that you love, let me hear it, please. Oh man. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's lots of good ones. I got to give a shout out to uh, the hive, of course. Um, oh, nice. And down here in South Austin, I don't have any children, but it looks like a great place to come bring your children, drop them off, let them run around, wear themselves out. Uh, but also just fantastic coffee. And they recently partnered with Dream Bakery to uh, make a bunch of different muffins, pastries. I just made some chocolate chip cookies uh, from, I say from scratch, basically they give you the dough. <laughs> Very easily, you just scoop it out onto a tray and bake it for about 12 minutes. And uh, you say, hey, I made these from scratch and from everyone's scratch. impressed by it. So nice. definitely wanna, wanna give a shout out to The Hive for sure. Go, go to The Hive, get the chocolate chip cookies. Where are they at? I'm down in South Austin. Where are they at down here? They are off of Manchac, um, Kind of right at that intersection of Manchac and Old Manchac. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know where that is. Well, now, now Menchac. Yes. Have to, have to pronounce you, it correctly. Sir. Yes. I'm terribly sorry. I <laughs> throw myself. Our listeners in Kazakhstan right now are going. I don't know what you're talking about. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I'm about to Google this. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian Federation people are like, we'll just fast forward this part. <laughs> yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to the start of the movie and then we'll then we'll start listening again. So you picked the movie. Oh, what beer do you got? Oh, I've got a, a Shiner S'more. Um, Ooh, how is that? Which is, it's actually not bad. I, I, I'm usually kind of iffy on any kind of like chocolate seasonal drinks, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it's just like the, a nice little, nice little like uh, campfire-y sort of feeling with it. Um, with okay. Like a hint of chocolate in it, so not bad. Shiner always does a good job. Another, you know, Texas beer. I like it. I like it. I'm yes. rocking uh so you picked the movie we uh wayne's world what um what makes wayne wayne's world special to you uh it's just one of the first movies i kind of remember both getting on dvd um and also just one where like as i was watching it i, I like couldn't stop laughing <laughs> it just it's just full of such it's, it's mostly dumb humor let's be real it's pretty dumb yeah. humor um but there's a lot of kind of clever lines in there too uh a lot of um you know, big big stars at the time, uh, which is pretty impressive. And I, some are bigger now. Like I would argue Rob Lowe is probably, he's had a very good career renaissance uh, and he's yeah. come back in in this. Um, and just, I always enjoyed the, the Wayne's World characters. I actually saw Wayne's World 2 first uh, and was steadfast in my belief that that was the better one because that was the only one I had seen. <laughs> uh, and then when I finally seen Wayne's World 1, I was like, okay, I was wrong. Like, Wayne's World 2 is still very funny as well, but I... It is. They're both, they're is, both very good. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you picked this. Uh, you know, you had a great list of movies. I'm glad we got on this one. I'm, a, I'm a, like 10 seconds in. I'm just going to... If this thing will go... I don't want to sign up. This is... What did I do wrong here? I did something <laughs> wrong for sure. Oh, whoops. There we go. I'm just going to hit play at 10 seconds in. I mean, as, yeah. as, as if, you know, listen to the podcast, talk to Jolene. God bless her. 
it plays. I'll hit some notes on the movie. Other than that, we're just going to chat and have a good time. And people are going to listen and they're going to laugh and they're going to be like, this is this, this whole thing. You know, for those that are new to this and for you, the idea of this was at first I wanted to do this. This is how you watch sports is what I wanted to call the podcast. And you would sit down, you'd put an NFL game on, you'd crack open some beers, you would have some food, you'd be hanging out and then you wait. And then all of a sudden there's a big play. And you're like, Oh shit, shit. The guy got the ball. He's got all the fuck he got done. And that, but that's how you watch football kind of, right? It's on in the background. It's kind of happening. It's kind of not happening. And um, I was like, man, that, I'd love to do that. And we looked into it and everyone told me, man, the NFL is going to sue you. This, you know, even though it's quiet, it's just not going to work. As I'm speaking of this, I'm watching the commercials in the background. They just did the Chia Pet and the Clapper. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact, you know how the clapper is bullshit? Because when the commercial comes on, your lights never went off. That's how you know that that <laughs> didn't work. That's how they get you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's how they get you. Like, look, and you're like, actually, turn my whole house off right now is what it should do. <laughs> but um, we were, uh, so, you know, then I had some friends over and I put on some movie and everyone had seen it. But there were moments where you're we just like, oh, hold on, hold on a second. And it, and then it re reminded me back in college when I used to watch Friday in college, we'd get a little high and we'd watch Friday, but everyone was talking and then someone would say a line and then someone would follow, and then the whole room would follow up with the rest of that line. <laughs> and that was the thing. And it was, and it was like, oh yeah, this is really cool. We should do that. And so that's what kind of kicked it off as, as a fun thing, you know, and it's, um, I mean, we're two years in, we do about 300 downloads a day, I guess. Um, nice. You know, about 10 countries listen in, God bless them. You know, they've got the, <laughs> they've got the suck and cut, which I guess they couldn't get the rights for Floby, you know? And, and, you know, I'm from a small town in Montana, right? Just mm -hmm. broke. And I remember a barber got the Floby. Oh, wow. He was thinking, was like, all the fun of a haircut, no mess. And like, kids are coming back, like, look at my feathered hair, Floby cut. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, can I get a Floby cut? My dad was a barber and he's like, I'm not getting a fucking Floby cut. <laughs> you're, you're getting scissors, son. Like, let's do maybe a razor. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I want a Floby cut. And he's just like, I'm, I'm at the barber college. So you're not going to get your hair cut by a fucking vacuum cleaner. This is not going to work. <laughs> Did you hear any stories of it uh, sparking uh, fires like it does in the movie? Or, or was Floby a little more uh, smooth no. that cut? It was, I heard more stories of people who um, they, uh, it was dull and it ripped hair up. Mm. It would catch hair and just, you know, kind of like if you had a dull trimmer. It can see that, yeah. Hairs out. So I did hear stories of that and that was, uh, but yeah. And that turned me off pretty quickly to, um, <laughs> to the wonderful world of a Floby. Oh, jeez. I mean, I, I would have a similar reaction, I think, to Garth right yeah. now. Just, oh! <laughs> no, 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 no. And there you got, you know, you got Rob Lowe with the beautiful girl. He's got the, the koi fish thing. It's, hmm. it really is. It's, it's such an interesting film because this is also, I mean, what they're, you know, it reminded me a lot of Tom Green, right? Like public access TV. We're just going to do our own thing. We don't care. We might, you might think we're dorks, but we don't care. We just don't. We're in our basement. We're hanging out. I don't care. And Tom Green did that to perfection, right? I mean, 
it's, it's interesting. And this was also the first movie that I remember that acknowledged public placements or, you know, advertorial placements. Yes. I remember in an English class, uh, bringing this, this bit in, in high school, of uh, just basically like great satire. Um, and it's, it's so spot on, just like the, I will not bow to any sponsor. I mean, we'll get to that when it comes up, but yeah, it's just so phenomenal. (laughs) It's so phenomenal. And you know, and he's got that, He's, I mean, if you untuck that t-shirt and cut the hair in the back, right? That's still a look today. Mm. I mean, the, it's a mullet and tucked in is the difference between fashion now and fashion then for what he's wearing. It's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's, you know, it's the simple things last. The simple, you know, I guess that's why James Purse can still charge 140 bucks for a black t-shirt because... <laughs> <laughs> he's like it's good this is going to be a perfect t-shirt for the rest of your fucking life all right it's just it's going to be the best don't you worry about it that's true uh have you ever looked at uh wayne's collection of hair hair nets and um name tags to to see if there's like an identifiable restaurant in there i, I just realized like i've never i don't think i've ever actually paused to look when he's like giving you the tour of his house and he's like, I've got an extensive collection of hair ties and, and name tags. That's and I'm true. like, there's gotta be some like local, you know, Chicago suburb places on there. But there I've never should stopped be, to right? look. Yeah. I mean, thing. you think you'd, you'd know they'd sneak it in for sure. And there's yeah. gotta be something out there. Someone, hey, Google that shit and then email talking during movies podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> and let me know and I'll bring it up on the next podcast if yes. it's accurate. You know, I need we some verifiable need links. I don't need the email that says, yeah, because I get those. People, it's like the laziest. <laughs> I have the Confirmed. Laziest in the world. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened. No, I know. I don't want to go back and watch the movie again. I want you to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> don't be as lazy as the host, okay? Come on, man. <laughs> Let's go. Vamos. Hello, so yeah, you're doing bit. the work. You're doing the work of running the show, editing, everyone else. Do the research. That's right. I get it. That's I get right. It. I, got, I got someone to do the logo. I got someone to write the song. I have my daughter saying I pooped a big one to start it off. And then she sings <laughs> like shit at the end. I just have to do two hours of talking. Someone else, I'm glad you listen. You find something interesting. Or we get the email that goes, you missed my favorite part of the movie. And I always love that. So I don't know who you are. And I didn't even you know. let me like know this. what the favorite movie was. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just get an email in advance? Like, if you're doing these movies, please don't forget this part. <laughs> if you send me that, I need the movie. I probably won't remember, but it'll be a better effort. Yeah. Well, at least remember after the fact. And be like, oh, yeah, we should have gotten that. But ah, I messed up. But, but yeah. hey, we tried. I mean, this is probably a lot of people's favorite parts of this movie. I know I've, people have brought this up to me a couple times of, like, the Wayne's World in the car singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh. Um, but... My, my favorite fun fact about this is, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but uh, Mike Myers had some sort of like neck injury or like his neck was super stiff during this. So when you watch when they're headbanging, he's in like severe pain and just trying to be like, yeah, I'm rocking out, but it's really like, legit painful. Yeah. Oof. And that's, that's a, I mean, when you start, hell no, no, that's, that's, that's not the, the way to rock it out. Did you, um, no. what, um, you know, so he's got, that seems to be their song that they rock out to. Uh, when you were growing up, or even now, what is, uh, what's a song that gets you going? What's a song that you're just like, oh shit? Well, 
I mean, it, it kind of depends on the mood because there's definitely some real bad pop songs. Um, oh, do tell. One, I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with the uh, like just losing my credibility immediately. Uh, but a recent song, uh, "Sweet But Psycho" by Ava Max, that is number one on my pop list right now of of uh, shamelessly not very good songs that. I'll sing along to more, mm-hmm. uh, more in this kind of vein of, sure. uh, of good rock songs. Uh, I'll okay. throw on more than a feeling. Uh, my dad had Ooh. the debut Boston album and obviously that's the first song on there. So I just pop it in and then it's like, it has that crescendo intro of the acoustic guitar. And then like just everything's coming in great solos throughout uh, crazy vocals from Brad Delp. Like it's just insane how high that man got. Um, in, in terms of singing, maybe, maybe in other ways Probably too, both. but yeah, in terms of vocal range. Um, and then the first CD I ever bought uh, was Ixnan the Ombre by The Offspring. Uh, and oh, so wow. okay. a lot of good, or I should say ever bought with my own money. I'm sure my parents uh, purchased some CDs for me before then, but that was the first one I ever remember like saving up money to buy. Uh, and it had already been out for a couple of years. I don't know why I chose that one, but I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and then that's like half of the Crazy Taxi theme uh, soundtrack. Uh, so it's just like real aggressive punk rock music, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just fun, fun to jam out to. It is, it, you know, music's fun, man. And it sets tones and moods. There are, um, we have a, uh, my daughter and I will be hanging out and I'll put on pool jams and she'll hear certain songs so much like, oh dad, can I go get you a beer now? I mean, she just, <laughs> she just knows what's going on. One second, I apologize. What's up, Disco? The second one, yeah. Oh, wait, go find anyone then. It's fine. Just go find another okay. one. You're good. I can watch sure. Yep. Go ahead. She's, uh, her mom's asleep. And uh, I told her, I said, don't go bug your mom. <laughs> Hang out. You can come bug me. And she's like, I will take advantage <laughs> of this. I'm going to hear my voice in the podcast where I'm not singing about poop. This is perfect. All right? That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Got to give her that airtime. <laughs> Gotta give her that airtime every once in a while. Hey, that's the kid who sings at the beginning of the end, folks. All right, she needs her plugs every once in a while. She's gonna go watch Garfield now. She's very excited. Garfield, uh, the movie or the show? There's a cartoon show. Okay, that's on YouTube. That come, you know, like little twenty minutes or whatever. Is that is that new or like the the old ones? Old from ones back in the okay, nice. Yep. I remember I enjoying watch, that. Yeah, I, I let her watch that in old school old school Scooby Doo. Nice. You know, it's it's pretty fun. I mean, hey. Now, yeah, so it's, so we'll watch, um, so we'll listen to pool jams and it's like, I mean, hollow notes and <laughs> muddy waters, E. Lewis <laughs> in the news. I mean, I, I torture this child with just horrible music. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks, kid. She's like, thanks, dad. You know, tells her friends, her friends like, what do you listen to? They're like, Ariana Grande, you? She's like, muddy waters. And there's like a, <laughs> there's a grandpa in the back going, that kid's got style. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she's talking about i feel like i was kind of a similar way like my parents grew up in the 60s and 70s and so i certainly have an appreciation for a lot of music from that time and yeah a lot of like kids at school i mean i guess this would be like mid 90s late 90s so like i don't know sublime nirvana Mm -hmm. like you're getting a lot of people into those bands which are all like they're all good bands but i'd be like yeah like beach boys uh give me some uh temptations some Drifters, like all that. Um, here's my here's my fun Temptations fact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, so they have like a lot of different singers. Obviously, um, depends on the song who was who was kind of being the lead. Uh, but the one that was supposed to sing lead on Under the Boardwalk the day before they were about to record died of a heroin overdose. 
And then the next day they went in and still recorded it. And I'm just like, if you're that other singer that whose, whose name is escaping me, I remember Rudy Lewis is the one who died. Um, but the, the other singer that stepped in, like if, I mean, I play in a band and if one of my band members died, next day probably wouldn't be recording. Like I think we'd, we'd probably just, be taking some time car. to mourn, but. He's in the yeah. car outside. He's just listening. Yeah, he's no, just... it's cold as ice. <laughs> right, motherfucker. It's cold as ice. <laughs> I'm not sacrificing this. I'm going to sing. Yes. I mean, I, yeah, I guess if you have that time down, you might, maybe you couldn't, they couldn't have gotten it back. They had to do it. So. They had to, they had to get it down, I guess. Right. It's funny. Right? They got, like, I mean, you think about the, you're talking about the great cast in here. You know, they got the dad from, um, from, jeez, uh, uh, now, now is it escaping? Um, Married with Children, you've got him in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's now the dad on, uh, you know, whatever that ABC. Yeah, Ed O'Neill, uh, Modern Family. Yeah. Yep. Meatloaf yeah. is in here. I mean, they've got great, great cameos. And that's kind of a lost art these days of that now it's like, I think people forgot in the late 80s, early 90s, the cameo was a thing. And now it's kind of, it's starting to come back again. You know, like mm-hmm. I guess um, Brad Pitt was the invisible guy on, um, on a Daredevil or not Daredevil, but um, Deadpool 2. Like he was the invisible guy. And it's like, oh yeah, that was Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know, and, they, and they're bringing that back. And I love that. Like you gotta yeah. bring it back. <laughs> so you're yes. saying you're in a band. What kind of music do you guys play? Uh, we play, we, we kind of started as pop punk, but I think we've evolved to sound very snooty uh evolved just into more of kind of like a, a rock sound um okay so a little a little less whiny vocals i guess we never really had super whiny i'm not the singer so it's not like i'm i'm uh, pumping my own vocals up here but i yeah just a, a good i uh, i know we used to kind of compare ourselves to like brand new and story of the year um which i think still kind of applies a little bit although the lean singer brand new is kind of a creep so we're uh <laughs> maybe maybe musically. ditching that comparison a little bit yeah musically though yeah personality wise i like to think we're we're better you're, you're a lot better what um <laughs> what's the name of the band burning years where can people find check it? us out uh soundcloud, spotify spotify soundcloud bank Bandcamp, uh, amazon music nice. apple music yeah get that get that massive distribution so whatever your your uh listenership i think we're on pandora too uh, which I know is more of like a discovery tool, um, but still, yeah, still a good way. I've discovered some way. great, great uh, acts on Pandora, including ones that were not at all uh, similar to what I was listening to, which I always enjoy when they're like, yeah, this sounds like this other band you like. Or the, the one example I have is uh, I was a big Pretty Ricky fan my senior year of high school, if you remember okay. that. Um, yeah, just yeah, yeah. terrific, terrifically like way over the top sexual R&B. Um, but they had an album called Kelly's was like, their... Hey, hey, slow yeah, down he was a like, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, yeah, I believe all the pretty Ricky <laughs> ones were all, were all with legal age women, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I, I also like that it's a group of four guys, none of whom are named Ricky. Um, so was this the bo- was this figure. Bell Bib DeVoe's like side gig or boys to men's side gig? Pretty Ricky? no, 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 that was I, uh, that was Jodeci, right? Oh, that's, right. Was, that's right, there we it go. Was, uh, who was that? Casey and Jojo, I think, were yeah, half Casey of it. And, and then, oh, no, I'm blanking. I'm, I'm failing my early 90s. Pretty Ricky was later than that. Um, but there were definitely a throwback to that kind of sound. Uh, but I think, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, Casey and Jojo and, and Belle Biv DeVoe had crazy uh, deep lyrics, but 
I think they were at least a little more subtle sometimes. Uh, where it's pretty Ricky is blatantly just like, "Yes, like let's have sex right now." It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's like it's catchy songs. I can't, I can't fault them for it. Pretty Ricky yeah. has put music to the way LL Cool J licks his lips. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is a spot on analogy. Uh, um, but yeah, but so very like over sexualized, and I remember like putting on their like just pretty ricky pandora channel back in the day and i uh, the next song was by a band uh or a group i guess called grits um which is a christian rap group um okay. also like very good they have some great songs uh they have a song called ooh ah which has been in lots of different like video games and like i've heard it on a couple different shows and movies nothing like major but you know solidly on there and a lot of like indie stuff um and but just like I don't hear a similarity like at all, except that I guess they could both be classified as like hip hop. Uh, if you want to stretch a little bit, but yeah. Jesus? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, so yeah, I grew up like a little right of the sheriff of Nottingham. My mom was as, as uh, the, the people know. And she was, you know, we were hanging out and having a good time. And I could only for the longest time listen to Christian music. My first, mm -hmm tape my first secular music i could listen to was huey lewis in the new sport right? so, so you've you've continued that with your daughter yeah i'm just like there you go <laughs> but i haven't tortured her with petra DeGarmo and key uh you know um who else let's see here uh there was six pence none the richer very nice um, you know the the one band that i did like that was on the soundtrack of uh, the um, Christian Slater movie where he was the radio DJ um, was a band called Chagall Guevara, which actually the Rolling Stones wrote about as the alternative brand band to bring alternative bands into the 90s. And they toured with Nirvana and Squeeze as the leading act throughout Europe. Hmm. And then they did one album and broke up and never did it again. And the, the guy, the lead singer, his name was Steve Taylor. He had done some Christian rock earlier very controversial christian rock he was very satirical so we had a song called because he liked to make fun of the church so we had a song called i blew up the clinic real good <laughs> <laughs> back when christians were like i'm gonna blow up. you know what you shouldn't kill people i'm gonna blow up your abortion clinic to show you and like, oh, oh. oh man <laughs> uh, you want to think about this nope got it you're like okay if you're running with this <laughs> <laughs> You, uh, you do you, you do you. But then he was also the guy who produced the first couple albums of Sixpence and the Richer. Um, mm. He did uh, the soundtrack to Blue Like Jazz. Okay. Uh, very talented guy, but very nice. eclectic. Very, yeah. you know, you could just tell him, real skinny, just a passionate rocker. Like he just loved to jam out. And then he ended up doing some other albums. And I was, uh, when I was a radio DJ at the Christian college I went to, you can tell by the way I talk, went to Bible college. Um, <laughs> I got one of his signed uh, CDs um, and it was like number 12 out of 200. And oh, I, wow. I still have it somewhere today, right? Nice. It's just like, yeah. And then I have some old album with him and, and Amy Grant where they did some duets back when he was first starting out in Christian music. And it was just, but these were like, and then they was, my first album, the first people I ever saw live was Petra. And then I saw Striper. I mean, just, you know, you're trying to be cool and you're in Montana and I'm a nerd already and I'm, you know, fat and I've got thick glasses and I'm coming in. I'm like, have you guys heard of Petra? And they're like, you mean <laughs> Def Leppard? Nerd? And I'm like, no. 
<laughs> Striper. You're like, the Bibles at you? No. I've heard of Motley Crue. I've heard of Metallica. All right. Have you heard of Janet Jackson? I'm like, that lady is a slut and needs Jesus. <laughs> I know this I, was before then, but I'm sure you referenced the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, yeah I was just like, like and then that the Super Bowl. kitty popped out. So <laughs> what do you think about that? <laughs> Modern day Hester Prynne. I'm glad she has been exiled from music. <laughs> it, it's... It's so funny, you know, I, I, it's, it's, I, I think about this, I, bring it, I, it's, I was talking to uh, a couple of friends, in fact, our friend Jolene, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, Twitter is now doing this thing where they're like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna warn you. We're gonna say this tweet's probably, um, you know, offensive. Should you tweet it? And I was like, man, I go to Float app now, I don't really mess around with Twitter because I don't, I don't think an AI or a bot or a company should legislate how I speak. Now, I don't say hateful, mean things, but I still think they should, especially when they don't know context, right? Like all of a sudden you don't understand jokes, right? So, you know, I make these jokes about music and Christian music and shooting Bibles. What does what the AI think? Like, do they think I, I hate Christianity and then I'm a bad person? Like, you know, I don't know how it works. So I'm always cautioned on the side of, I think we should just be better people and better people rise to the top and better content rises to the top. And the other stuff, you can block people. Block them, who cares? Yeah. And so I write this thing and we're going back and forth. I'm like, here's the interview I did with the guy from Flowdap. Check it out, he's a nice guy. I'll, I'll hook you up with him. If you wanna to talk to him, I'll, I'll give you his phone number, just call him. And then some lady chimes in and she's like, I don't think you're racist or arrogant, but I'm gonna tell you you're dumb and this is why. And she just rattles off how, you know, how horrible people are on social media and how social media needs to step in and dictate how things run and why they have to and why this is a great thing. And says, you know, just chastises me. And I'm having dinner with friends. I have no idea what's going on, right? So I don't even see Jolene's comment like, hey, Jason's a nice guy. Don't talk to him that way. I don't even see that. But this whole experience of COVID has really taught me how to be a little more patient, how to be a little nicer, how to, um, how to hang out and, uh, and spend time with people and, and understand, I don't know how their day went. I don't know how their life's going. I don't know what happened today. I don't know if, if they don't, you know, if people don't like them or what's going, I don't know. So I just said, listen, um, I think there's a, there's a difference here, right? Um, I understand your point and I think you should understand my point, which is we're different and that's okay. But having an engaging conversation without attacking someone and being adults and setting a precedence of this is how you communicate. This is why you, this is how you do it. That levels the bar. That lets things go forward. And when allowing those to go forward, then everyone else rises up with you. But as soon as you dive down and you name call or attack, then it gives them the green light to name call and attack. So be a better parent, be a better person, be a better, better by just trying to be better. And that's what we're doing here. And I didn't even take her stuff as offensive to me. I just thought she was having probably a bad day, you know? And, and, that's, and people do, they have bad days, it's okay. And I'm not gonna judge her for it. <laughs> Jolene, she's like, you're really nice. I'm like, I'm just trying to be nicer. Because generally speaking, I mean, you talk to any of my friends, they're like, ah, oh, that guy's really kind of a dick. <laughs> Hold on one second, I apologize again. Honey, you can go watch whatever you want. Go watch it for 30 minutes, okay? Okay.
I'm done with Garfield. Okay, that was quick. Go watch something else. <laughs> all right, and then turn it on. Okay, okay. Garfield was quick. That must have been this like is, a commercial. This is probably more uh, play than Garfield <laughs> needs to get on this this episode. I but <laughs> I I was recently talking about Garfield for oh we were talking about um, cartoons like comic strips that I like someone was like wouldn't it be funny if a comic strip like re-aired its own strip years later you know people have forgotten oh just did like a reboot there's yeah well well like just did like the same strips that they wrote so like they wrote one in like 1990 and then now it's 2020 and they're like hey i'm just gonna use this like same joke again uh and apparently jim davis the creator of garfield has done that before where he just will recycle like the exact it's like the same blocking the same joke the same basically back and forth between the characters and i was like you know what he has been doing this for probably about 40 or 45 years now so I get it if every once in a while you're just like, I've got nothing creative today. I'm just going to use one that reach into the archives and, and throw something out here. Um, and then that gave, that put us down in a spiral of, uh, have you seen Garfield minus Garfield, which is a website. Uh, it's the Garfield strips, but Garfield is not in them. Uh, so just any, a plate of lasagna and all of a sudden it's gone? And you're like, that's a ghost. Pretty much, yeah. It's A lot of them are uh, uh, John talking to himself. Um, and okay uh so very you know very depressing uh in a lot of that sense uh so it, it really changes the tone if garfield's not in these strips <laughs> like this is called mental health this is how it really looks like when you talk to your fucking cats <laughs> take notes put the gun down pick the cat up again it's gonna be okay no real quick uh if you haven't tried this you only can get in the 12 pack so um real ale brewing i'm gonna say something to you guys and i Please listen, because I know you guys listen to me for all your branding and corporate marketing. <laughs> You're welcome. Your squirt gun IPA is delicious. The fact that I only get three of these cans and I have to go buy a 12 pack to get three cans, a little bothersome. Go ahead and give me a straight 12 pack of this. I got to drive out to the brewery and just buy all of these. But they've got this 12 pack mix and these are in there. Um, I wish the Axis IPA wasn't in there. Not a big fan. I love their double hopped Axis IPA. Single one. It's, it's, I mean, it's not terrible. Don't get me wrong. It's beer. It's good. But this squirt gun, this is good. Good nice. job, kids. Good job. <laughs> Make more. Good job, but do more of it. Yeah. yeah good job. But now nah, let me give the backhand a compliment. You need to do better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've got, um, they've got this wonderful Pinto. What was your first car growing up? Uh, I had a Buick Regal that was handed Ooh. down from my parents. Um, the lower interior? Uh, no, no, not that fancy. <laughs> I just, I, I think it was just normal, normal uh, car seat <laughs> material. Like certainly, certainly not velour, certainly not leather. Uh, um, but I do remember, so they gave it to me uh, while I was in college and my senior year. Your I, first car was in college? Yeah, first one that was like mine. That was and yours. It was like, yeah, yeah okay. it was like do it, do it however you wish, or do mm -hmm. whatever you wish with it. Because um, in in high school, it worked out pretty nicely. That like th that one was kind of mine in high school too. Like I was using it most of the time, um, okay. but it wasn't like oh, I could use it a hundred percent of the time. It was like, hey, your parents aren't using it. Like, okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I, and my sister, um, by the time I could drive, was pretty much on her way uh, to college. So we didn't really have that much like overlap of, hey, she's taking the car so I can't use it. So that was nice timing as well. 
Um, but when it was fully like, I'm 100% in control of it was in college. And my senior year, I remember it would, it would just get very hot uh, a lot of the times. And I went to school in Miami, so like it's hot in Miami. And yeah. so for a while I was just kind of like, oh, that's just, you know, it's, it's been sitting out in the sun, like it's, it's a hot car. Uh, and we certainly didn't have any kind of like covered parking um, that was accessible to students unless you wanted to pay a lot. So generally it was sitting out in the sun. Um, and so one day, my, or one weekend, my parents came down and we were all driving in the car and I was like, yeah, we're gonna have to um, roll the windows down because like the AC stopped working too. They were like, why don't you get this checked out? And so eventually we did. I, and the mechanic had said, I, I don't remember what was wrong with it, but I remember him saying, yeah, if you had kept driving on this for 50, 100 more miles, it probably would have exploded. And we were like, no. Okay. I'm like, well, I'm very glad I got this checked out then. And so they were able to fix whatever was wrong with it. I had still had uh, a few more, few more months. I, I was about to say a few more years, but I think it was only a few more months because, uh, eh, no, I think it still lasted. It just needed some tired. We, so another fun fact, on the way home from college, uh, my senior year, we were driving back from Miami to Chicago uh, and uh, spun out on the highway uh, with me behind the wheel, which is a terrifying thing all around. Uh, <laughs> somehow spun across like three or four lanes of traffic on the highway again. It was fine, though. Like no, like no one was hurt. Uh, mostly just like tire damage to the cars. Like the tires had like peeled back. Um, and it was just from, it had rained a little bit earlier and it was still just kind of slick on the road. So was about to merge and then a car was coming up. So I'm like, oh, not going to do that. And then next thing I know, we're spinning and I'm just like, oh boy, this is bad. And one of the cars there, the car that had like sped up a little bit, pulled over after he saw what happened, like checked that we were all okay. And he said something, I don't know if I should say this, if this will come back to perjure him, but I'm sure the uh, statute of limitations has passed by now. But he, uh, he basically said, he's like, yeah, I've sped up a little bit when I saw you were lane changing. And I was like, so this is kind of your fault, but I was, admitting I was too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I'm just happy that like Noah got hurt. So I was like, it's fine, man. I would have done the same. It's okay, man. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> we, uh, my first was an 84 Chevy Celebrity, blue on blue on blue. Nice. Automatic. Uh, if you went over 60 miles an hour, the uh, check engine light would come on. <laughs> then I had more a, from like a, a performance perspective of like, yeah, hey, this engine can't handle this. <laughs> like, what are you talking? <laughs> then I had an eighty-five, uh, no, a seventy-nine suburban. Mm. I had an eighty-three uh, silver Nissan Maxima that talked to you, right door ajar. Your oh, lights nice. are on. Yeah. That's high tech for back then. <laughs> it was super high tech. Um, then uh, got rid of those. I had an 84 Honda Civic hatchback. Had that for a while, actually. Had that through college. Had it my senior year and then all through college. Um, got rid of that. What did I have after that? Then I was, I was going down to school. Let's see. Had that all through college, got rid of it, had a Mitsubishi Eclipse. Hmm. Black with tan cloth interior. Nice. Um, that, that was a piece of shit car. I really should have kept <laughs> the Honda. I mean, they, were, they basically, they made, I mean, that, made to, that, it, that was the old rounded body style, that first Eclipse that came out. Mm. It had that kind of that, that Batmobile kind of look. <laughs> uh, it was horrible. Um, then I had an Isuzu Amigo. With a with a rag top, 
Okay. Newport Beach, classy. I can picture this. Yeah, yeah. That had pink and gray seats. So, you know, cruising around. <laughs> hey, guys. And then uh, I finally got a real paying job and I actually started to make money and I got an Escalade. And then I got rid of that. And um, the market crashed. So I got rid of that and I got an 84 Volvo. Hmm. So that was nice. Uh, that was a good downgrade for me. It was a humbling experience. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, got rid of the Volvo. And what did we get after the Volvo? I had an 85 lifted Jeep with no doors, just a windscreen and a bikini top. Drove that <laughs> to Montana. That was a mistake. That was a painful trip from yeah. Newport Beach to Montana in a lifted 85 Jeep. I was pissing blood by the end of that trip. And it was like yeah, that's just questionable. <laughs> a questionable move, right? And hot. It was the summer. I was a moron. Um, let's see. Then I had a Mini Cooper. Came out here with the Mini Cooper. Got rid of that. Got an FJ. Then I got a Dodge Challenger. I uh, no Charger. Dodge Charger. And uh, now I have a, a Nissan Pathfinder. I have a, I have a mom mobile. Mm. Just take the kid around. You know, doesn't go fast. Are, yeah. It's just it's just Good reliable. Sturdy cars. Yeah. It just starts every time. You know, <laughs> I got to go pick up the kid. Touch the button. Pathfinder starts. <laughs> right. You get, you get a sports car, you're like, touch the button. What's going on here? You know, what's, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a car person though. Like I, I like to get a new car like every two years. And my wife is just like, she's like, no, we're going to keep this until the wheels fall off. I was like, why would we do that? You just get a new one. <laughs> we're, they were parents now. Okay. <laughs> Save money. We've got to put a kid in college. There's, there's mature things we have to do. And I'm like, what? This kid's gonna go to college? She can barely write. Well, she's in kindergarten. I was like, still, bullshit. She can barely write. <laughs> I'm gonna start investing in college till I see some essays, all right? I mean, Makes that's sense. fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of, the, uh, one of the predominant themes also in this film is um, one, his, you know, Wayne's love for this lead singer, and then also his stalker as a musician. Had a stalker, you had some people, come up um, and follow a little bit too close uh, not, not so much with me okay. i i i would say maybe some of the other band members occasionally have gotten it it's a it's a pretty interesting mix of i uh, like i don't know if confidence is the right word but like uh suaveness in in talking mm -hmm. with the ladies like uh i would say that i mean this is probably why like the ones that are not single which is me in there as well like we i think we do better when the ones that that are and generally have like at least a couple women like fawning on the, over them sometimes they're just kind of like mm, no, no like run off i uh, like it's high school all over again um which is is always entertaining um but definitely some good fans i had someone i i was at evangeline cafe giving another uh, local shout out here um great and, spot Great they, spot. Oh, so, oh. Good. so good. I, Epic and food. I, I was with a, a buddy and um, they, the server came up to me and she was like, hey, are you in that band Burning Years by any chance? And I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, I saw you guys play the other day. It was so good. And then my friend was just like blown away. He's like, does this happen all the time? I'm like, not really, but it, it is cool. I'm glad it happened in front of someone else. <laughs> you got to love that, right? You're like, uh, yeah, no, it happens quite a bit. Um, I know I should have milked it. Be like, yeah, it's usually it's multiple times a day, and this, this is a slow one. People don't. Ones. People aren't 
really excited when you do your job. <laughs> That's weird. All right. Well, you know, don't worry. You can still get the check. Yeah. Because famous people don't pay for shit. Yeah. I think we know that. Yeah. So. I'll put a I'll put a signed pick. That can be my <laughs> my contribution. <laughs> I will give her a selfie with me. Okay, that's gonna be the tip. <laughs> I've got it covered. <laughs> have you ever uh, have you ever sat under an airplane like they do in this film? I always thought that would be very fun to try, but I've never actually done it. I never have. I've never, uh, and and probably the reason why is um, I don't I don't know how to get that close to an airport to do it. Like I don't, you know, I, I guess I don't. I mean, no, I haven't. I I've seen that there's that beach, right? There's those famous pictures of that mm. beach wherever where the and everyone's just getting blasted with sand, and I'm just like, yeah. that's a shitty way to exfoliate. For yeah, sure. that one. That one sounds rough. It sounds horrible, right? I mean. But it also like I planes have come close. I did some um, some work with this group that uh, built custom aviation hangars for private jet owners. So it's like the world's most expensive garages. So you'd have a forty million dollar you know G five, and mm -hmm. then you would have a ten million dollar garage. And I was helping market them and do some other stuff with them. And uh, I would hear the planes take off, right? And yeah, I'd, I'd be near them when they'd take off and land. And that was too loud. I was like, <laughs> noisy. Yeah, I feel like if you were trying to get, you would have to make it an event like they did. Um, yeah. Like you, if you were trying to get work done. Um, even, yeah, I've, I've been in an office. I, I had an old client back in the day that uh, was by a train. And mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah, it was like on the hour, every hour, just like a train coming by and like kind of shaking the walls a little bit and rattling. And Now, I mean, have you done the, the train thing where you, you know, you lay the pennies down on the track and the train runs them over and flattens them Yes, out. yes. I've never done it in Austin, but as a kid uh, in a uh, Chicago suburb, when we go visit uh, my grandparents, my dad's parents, um, to, to clarify which grandparents on my dad's side, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we'd go out to LaGrange, Illinois, and there was a train track uh, probably about half a mile from their house. And so we'd, yeah, we'd like pop it down. And it was like, these weren't fast moving trains and i think trains just naturally kind of at least try to slow down when they're going you know by streets mm -hmm. uh and so it was never like super fast still i mean we still would have definitely been killed if we were on the tracks but uh it wasn't like you know a speeding bullet it was it was probably going like 40 or 50 miles an hour um but yeah always what always was, a fun time what was chicago like when you were growing up there i mean now you know it's it's um and i love chicago I've been, um, I've, I've, you know, interviewed for work up there in the past. I, I absolutely love Chicago. I think it is the, one of our greatest food cities, hands down. Agreed. Uh, and also the people, I personally, I think the people are amazing. Um, they're not, you know, especially I've lived in LA and Newport Beach, uh, you know, a little pretentious. <laughs> i lived in la too i get it i get it <laughs> yeah but you've got that that chicago thing is like hey man we're just all here right and <clears throat> yes they're not looking at the pants you're wearing it seemed like or your six-pack abs they are they want to know who you are um yes but it also you know it's got that uh a little bit of violence on you know a little down south there uh what yeah, was it like growing up there i uh, i mean I would say that's it's pretty spot on to how you were describing it. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in uh, a city called Skokie, uh, which okay. is about 20 minutes from Chicago. Skokie, so Illinois. still Skokie, Illinois. 
I, there is the movie called Skokie. That's about the city. Fun fact. Yes, there is. Um, and there's also, what is it? What's the other one? Um, is it Chicago or is it Michigan? Gross Point? Gross Point Blank. Is that, I, believe that's, I believe that's Michigan. Is that Michigan? There, okay. There was a Gross Point Road near where I was, but uh, <laughs> different. I think, I think uh, Gross Point, Michigan has an E at the end of it and ours did not. Um, but yeah, like definitely agree on the food. Um, I always thought it was just super cool to like go down into the city. Uh, back then the Cubs were not great. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was still not easy to go to a Cubs game. Um, I also didn't necessarily really have an allegiance Cubs versus Sox. I was like, I'll see both of them. So I've, I went to, to some of those games. Um, but yeah, just a great city to walk around in. I, as I've gotten older, I appreciate the public transportation there, uh, especially living in Austin where we do not really have that. Um, sure. So, the public transportation, yep. the red line, blue line, and oh. everything in between is, I mean, you get off the plane right onto a sub. I mean, right on. You just yep. walk in. You're like, hey, here I am. And I'm going to go wherever I want to go in the city. And it's relatively quick. I mean, it's not bullshit. It's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's just, so, it like branches out so well. Uh, in fact, there's a, I think it's a pretty new uh, board game that's, literally just traveling around Chicago on the L and just your goal is to collect different station cards and uh, things will happen like, Oh, Cubs game. I just finished. Like everything's three times slower than it normally would be. And so it's, uh, it's very nostalgic playing that for sure. Um, but yeah, just the great food and, and definitely great people. Uh, everyone, even, even as a kid, I was like, I, I feel like I knew I was in both a very kind and welcoming and also just a very diverse uh, city. Like there, I know people who would grow up and it's like everyone, you know, if they grew up in, let's say like Alabama or something like everyone kind of looked like them, uh, you know, all kind of same mindsets, same, same uh, facial features and like same, obviously like same skin color. Um, but I never experienced that. Like my high school was, one of the most diverse in like the whole Chicagoland area. Um, and I think like, honestly, I think that helped shape me as like a welcoming person. And like, yeah, like we were talking about before, like you might have a different viewpoint than I do, but like, I can still see where you're coming from. And, you know, hopefully we can move past that and like get along. Cause we do have some things in common, even if like we're disagreeing on this one point. Yeah. I mean, hands down way more things in common than not in common. I mean, I, um, you know, I grew up in Montana, obviously, a very diverse community, uh, you know, <laughs> hunters and non-hunters, skiers and non-skiers. <laughs> and then there's those fucking snowboarders and we're going to get rid of them. Uh, but, you know, that was, but I was really lucky because, you know, I got to go to school in Seattle and I just, I never, I never saw the, uh, or I never recognized the, you know, the differences as people as much as I like to recognize how we were alike. I was very lucky. Uh, yeah. I had a lot of friends who, uh, you know, grew up that weren't that lucky. Who I still have to be like, we don't use those words. <laughs> like, huh? I'm like, well, we don't use those words. But, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Chicago's a beautiful, do you think that helped you in Miami when you went down there? So, yeah, I think so for sure. Um, and Miami too, I, Miami's a crazy city. It starts getting crazy yeah. at about 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah miami proper is like insane also uh this i i assume we're still on on the same uh time frame here on the uh the movie but where garth's got the hand yes uh, i remember like not understanding any of this when i first watched it <laughs> and, like <laughs> and i think that's true of like a lot of uh jokes in here um where i maybe did not quite uh fully appreciate it as a teenager when i was first watching but as an adult i'm just like oh yeah like this is a twilight zone kind of reference i, I definitely the the scene from a little bit earlier of the um the green screen and when they're counting oh. down with five, four, three, which I went at Miami, I studied broadcast journalism. Okay. Uh, so definitely like we, yeah, you do that. Like you don't say two or one uh, in case things start rolling. I have a better answer than Russell though. It's in case the tape starts rolling early. You don't want to be saying two and one uh, <laughs> instead of just, you just don't. <laughs> you just don't do it. Uh, okay. But yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, we, we had a green screen there as well. I didn't really use it very often. It was more for our, our uh, weather folk, but um, still, still, I was still always impressed when people would use that. They'd be like, hey, yeah, I'm just like, here's Montana. And they were able to just like vaguely point at this green screen behind them. And, and then it showed up on the, on the television. I was just like, this is crazy. Technology. Technology's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And even in the nineties, they had it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy when you think about where technologies come but also, as far as technology has come, as everything that's done, you know, movies like this still hold up, right? Oh, yeah. And they, and they hold up for a reason because they, you know, they, they tap into a little bit of who we were, a little bit of who we wanted to be, and a little bit of who we, you know, even as, you know, as not perfect people, who we could become. You know, exactly. the, the ability to, achieve without being uh, a Rob Lowe or a David Hasselhoff or a Jean-Claude Van Damme was, was, you know, was, it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, and that, I mean, then it, it set, it, it set a pretty cool standard. And, you know, I think it, there's, there's a lot of things in, in this movie and in a lot of other movies from this generation in the eighties that, I think people should take the time to, to watch again just because, right? Um, it's, you, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of in that washed phase of life, if you will, with social media and everything going on. It's kind of washed, it's clean, everything's neat. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and the imperfections are so imperfect that it's not relatable. Yeah. Right, it's so overexposed. I have too much money. Yeah, or I'm just a horrible piece of shit. Huh. And but it doesn't, you know. There's there's not there's a disconnect. There's there's a little Grand Canyon here of where reality sits, and where movies like this really hit it out of the park. It's like, oh, you know what? The beautiful girl can like you, mm -hmm. and you can have a mullet, and man, personality can win. You know, and, uh, or you can still have talent um, and you can have talent and not be Brad Pitt beautiful, right? And, and, that's, and that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that this movie gets enough credit for trying to set that standard of funny talent wins because, you know, you hear it all the time. You, you hear it ladies are like, I, I, I like a, fun, a funny humor attracts me. I'm attracted to humor or I like, you know, 
I like confidence, but not mm -hmm. arrogance. Oh, and you know, and I like this. And, and everyone goes, oh yeah, whatever. But this, you know, and this, sure it's a movie and it's made up, but it, it reinforced that standard a little bit. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think we're seeing that too right here. We're Wayne, <laughs> Wayne getting his dream guitar, Garth with the crazy drum solo, which yeah. is actually Dana Carvey, who yeah. is a solid drummer, which is just like, so crazy. I, but also just a spot on uh, representation of, uh, you know, a guitar center type of shop where it's just, it's like just so many people in there just playing, like just because like no intention to buy anything. Like there's so many people just milling around like, oh, let me just noodle on this fender for a couple minutes and then <laughs> put it right back up. Um, I don't, I don't want to spend a thousand. Um, yeah. And you know, you know, what's funny is that when they go through uh, all the sponsored companies, right? And they're going through, I think the one brand that's probably grown since seeing this uh, is, let's see, not Pizza Hut, not Advil, not Pepsi, maybe Reebok? As it's happening. Well, yeah. Maybe Reebok? <laughs> I mean, I don't, that's the funny thing. And, and I guess, you know, it's a kind of an interesting side note here, but. Oh, and Doritos too, yeah. Yeah, or Doritos. Doritos. Yeah, Doritos yeah, is yeah. probably the one winner, right? Yeah. So Doritos is the one that's kind of blown up. <laughs> um, so what does, I, I guess that begs the question, right? Does advertising work? I don't know. I would have, I would have been interested to see how, and I'm sure there's been research done on this, like, yeah, did sales of what is this Excedrin? Is the, the where his, his hand becomes black and white? <laughs> so good. Here uh, you go. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen if, um, like, how the sales were impacted of of these products, like right after this movie came out, because I bet they got a little bit of a boost. Because I think it can work. I if you do it the right way, like I know I've certainly seen, and and this is more. I would say on like Hulu's end, if I'm watching something on Hulu and it's the same like three commercials, I mm -hmm. uh, every time I'm watching it, I uh, for example, I'm very sick of progressive ads because those are just all over the place on Hulu. Um, so I do think you can get kind of oversaturated with it. Um, but I think if if you do it effectively, I it, it can it can definitely work and I uh, get a message across. And a good example since. We're, uh, we're talking about a movie from the 90s. How about a documentary from the 90s uh, with the Last Dance documentary that's going on right now? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think almost all of the branding in that has been really spot on uh, from Jordan's tequila that he's drinking. Uh, and then the Facebook trivia, I think is, is very interesting for a basketball nerd like me. And then State Farm did that sort of uh, immersive commercial where it was Kenny Mayne reporting on the Bulls winning, but then everything out like it looked like a commercial from the 90s so i was like oh this is part of the documentary like i'm a i'm a listen and then it was just like oh you know we're going to talk about it in a documentary 20 years from now it's going to be lit you don't even know what that means yet and uh it's going to be great it's going to be a documentary on espn and it'll be brought to you in a commercial by state form and i was just like that was clever i liked it <laughs> I, I think people leverage advertising well i think especially good advertising and sports center you know, and that crew has, has really kind of changed the game of how to engage, mm -hmm. at least for, to make people listen, not necessarily buy, but listen for sure and be entertained, right? Um, 
I just, I don't know. I've, I've always had this argument in my head, like, I don't know if it works. I, I, I wonder, you know, I think the, the, you know, in my mind, experiential works, right? What's the experience that you get from it and how is that shared or moved across the board? You know, you, you talk to marketers and, and, and people and you go, well, hey, what, what works best? And they're like, oh, experience and, and word of mouth. That hands down works the best for sales. It works the best for growth. It works the best for everything. You're like, okay, um, great, you guys. So what do you guys do? Google AdWords and uh, pay-per-click ads. <laughs> Why, if that doesn't work? Well, because we can track that. And it comes down to this analytical, it comes down to this algorithm and this note on a CEO's desk that says, we spent $5, we made $6. Or we spent $4, we only made $3. We're not going to do this again. Mm -hmm. And you can't track word of mouth. I mean, shit, Gavin Newsom can't track word of mouth and snitches usually get stitches, but today they get paid, <laughs> right? Like even he can't track word of mouth. And it's, you know, it, it makes you wonder, it's like, is the entertainment side of advertising has never been broken but is the advertising side broken is the action moment broken is that time where it goes from i saw this to i'm gonna buy it like you know that flow annoys you mm -hmm. but have you checked your rates you know and no never have never thought about it never once gone to um progressive and checked an ad up i just haven't you know it just it doesn't draw me into wanting to do it i don't know that an ad does Versus my neighbor saying, hey, um, I have this agent and I saved a hundred bucks a month on car insurance. I'm like, give me his fucking name. Because I trust my neighbor. Yeah. Right. But also then the insurance agent gets the buck, right? They get the spiff. They get the commission. He doesn't write my neighbor a check. Thanks for the ad. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's like, there's, and maybe that's the broken disconnect of why they don't do it, you know, um, or why they should do it more. I don't know. You know, um, I would wish commercials would just be purely entertaining just to keep me engaged because there was that time. Remember the DVR comes out and we're like, mm -hmm. thank God I can fucking get about these commercials. And that was big when what Cialis and all the medical commercials were really hitting it hard. Yeah. <laughs> you're watching a commercial with, you're watching a show with your parents. And it's like, you have a hard time getting an <laughs> erection. You're like, Dad, do you? What's what's going on here? You know, and it's just it's just the craziest dumb shit, and you can't control it at all. And uh, you know, the moments got I don't know they didn't get lost per se, but they kind of did, right? I mean, I don't know, it's it's a weird thing. I don't know. I think I think hopefully uh, with everything that's going, all the changes going on in this world. Mm -hmm the positive changes that come out are uh, different ways of engagement, different ways of experiencing products, brands, people, stuff like this, you know, where it, where it is you talking about the hive or, or, you know, and they got this cookie dough and it's yeah. okay, great. You know, it's, and you know, no one's calling. I don't have an agent calling the hive tomorrow going, Hey, uh, did you send Jason a box of cookie dough? And then it's going to cost a hundred dollars an episode. It's like, no, because I don't know, that's not what it's here for, right? It's, it's word of mouth and it's having fun. And instead, it's just supporting that business. And I wonder how much of that is, is going to change. Idealistically, I hope it would all change, right? 
I really would. I would hope the advertising model, the marketing model, the engagement model would all change. Um, realistically, it's not going to, because it can't, right? There's, that's a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, yeah. It's not just going to go away because, because <laughs> I don't like fucking commercials, right? It's just, it, doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work that way, but it would be interesting um, to see how much they could change. It's like AMC, you know, they made that announcement. We're not showing universal movies anymore because they streamed one direct to home. Mm. Well, guess what? The only thing you've changed in your theaters in the last hundred years is base and popcorn prices. Dicks. <laughs> All right. Why don't you innovate how I watch a fucking movie? Take a note from the draft house. You want to go watch Jaws? Watch it in the water. And there's scuba divers under there fucking with you. You want to yeah. go watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Great. Well, we're going to go play it on the side of the house where the guy was caught. Go watch it there, asshole. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you, as a brand, look at experience and go, man, could I charge more per ticket, offload insurance, offload food, offload beverage, and take it somewhere? And have, go have fun. You want to go watch a movie about tennis? Why can't you go rent a tennis court and watch it there? Why can't you? You want to watch a movie about basketball? Why can't you watch it in a basketball stadium? Why isn't, you know, I mean, I understand why it's not now, but why wasn't the plan to watch this Jordan series? You cannot tell me they would not sell out the Bulls arena to play all eight hours. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's an experience. You're watching it where he played. You think Madison Square Garden is going to sell at the lower level to watch this? To watch Mike? Get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> I mean, they can sell... These places sell out in playoff series when it's like when your team's on the road and it's like, hey, we're going to come watch the game <laughs> yeah. here with like 20,000 friends at the stadium. Like, the demand is certainly there for that. And especially, I would think, well, it'll be interesting to see how people's mindsets change uh, after after this and if like as many people will want to go to public sporting events um do you think that's going to change or do you think i think for i think for families with smaller kids it might i think mm-hmm. most people that i you know would just go with like friends i don't think so as much but i think if you have smaller kids i think they'd be those types of families would be more reluctant um to go or i could be reading it completely wrong and it could be just the opposite of like, hey, I need to get out of the house. Let's go to this yeah. event. I mean, I, I think, yeah. you know, the, the warning, the mistake, right, that everyone makes and in, in when they communicate, right, is hyperbole when they're trying to be factual. Mm-hmm. And uh, the numbers that initially came out versus the numbers we have. Uh, and, and, and I'm not trying to discount anyone's death in any way. Anyone who lost someone, please. I'm not trying to discount that in any way, shape or form. But the numbers are quite lower. In fact, you know, over, over 60% lower than what we thought they were going to be. Um, and I think that for a majority of people um, brings them pause. And they go, well, then, you know, it, and it brings, you know, and for anyone who didn't like what was going on, right, it, it emboldens them to do something more, whether it's in Michigan or Huntington Beach, California, where they're doing these riots and not riots, but protests. 
and, and I think those things, um, it shows that there's a, there's a big thing about community, right or wrong. You know, even if we're wrong, we're wrong together, right? <laughs> you and I are we're wrong together and we're wrong with like <laughs> 500 other people. This is kind of awesome. And you got to have fun uh, in being wrong together. And I think that part engages a mindset of, of community and of pick you up by the bootstraps and, and, and move forward and drive that, um, that we've heard a lot from in this country and a lot from a lot of different people, uh, you know, th throughout our lives. And I think things are going to get back a little bit more to normal than others would like. You know, I think there's definitely going to be that group uh, that comes out and says, Hey, you shouldn't be doing this and that's okay. I think the bigger quotient and factor is, is that we need to learn how to be a little kinder during all this. You know I mean? I see too many posts where people are just like, Hey, if you don't believe this, fuck you and never talk to me again. And then another post is, Hey, if you don't think this is a conspiracy and the government's trying to steal all your rights so that they can shove a tube up your ass and turn you into the matrix, then you're a fucking moron. Yeah. I'm like, guys, is there a middle ground? <laughs> Anything in between there? And could we both be right or could we both be wrong? And can we, you know, earlier, can we just talk about this and withhold a little judgment or maybe all the judgment and just be a little kinder? You know, and, and I, I would hope that that starts to come out because we're seeing um, a shift, right, in people. And whether they love the mask or hate the mask or love the isolation or hate the isolation, I think the one thing that's grossly missing is the mental health awareness. So I got an expert on every day, every hour of every news station telling me what a virus can and can't do. I don't see anything from mental health experts saying, this is how it affects your kids. This is how it's affecting you. This is how it's uh, affecting work. This is how it's affecting um, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with yourself. You know, I, I don't, and, and, I, and that, that can, that's the only part that concerns me. You know, I, I think we could, I think this could be a beautiful tipping point in global society of us really coming together and, and not agreeing, but understanding, being a little better. That would help. I don't know. There's yeah. my soapbox. No, I like it. I like, <laughs> like it. This asshole went from F you to soapbox. <laughs> Fuck. Russians. Oh, He's fooled by the Russians. <laughs> I do see someone standing behind you this entire time. <laughs> That's Putin. He's good. He's good. Nice. He's hanging out. Speaking of uh, other cameos in this movie, yes. we've got Chris, Chris Farley, Farley right now. Uh, I, I, this is another Listen. thing I love. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, but just another thing I love about this movie is uh, a, a couple minutes ago, there was the Laverne and Shirley scene um, oh, so where good. it's just like, like that does absolutely nothing to further the plot. Uh, but it's just like, just a fun little, you know, minute and a half kind of diversion for what's going on. And then even they are like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like we've, we've got backstage passes for Alice Cooper. Let's go see him. And it's just uh, like that. And then, <laughs> right now i'm like realizing things as they're happening but yeah, yeah, yeah. where where they break the fourth wall of like 
didn't it seem like he knew a lot? Like, yeah, thank goodness he had all that information. And then the backstage. Yes. Yeah. Where, where do you want to go? You got two bands you got to go backstage with. Who are you going to go hang out with? Oh, man. Are they, even, are we even talking better, like. Even better. Who you want to go? What are, what are a couple of bands or um, people you want to go sit down and have a beer with? Like, he's, he's not backstage. Backstage can be bullshit, right? That's true. Yeah. Down, go to Dive Bar Austin. Matt's buying your beers. Who do you want to sit down and have a beer with? Bobby Huggins. I mean, be- there before the besides beer. Alice Cooper, of course. Besides Alice I, Cooper. Besides Alice with, Cooper. With, with or without makeup, though. <laughs> I gotta go with makeup. I'm on yeah, Alice. I think I'm I'd rather makeup. <laughs> I think I'd rather have with makeup. Uh, I think mine. I would want um, some I'll artists that have been dead. around. Living, living or dead. Okay. Get after it. Okay. Um, I think. Hmm. Goodness. I feel like I need like a mix. If I get two, I need one like serious, and then one more kind of like a little, a little funnier. Um, Tony Braxton. Yes, Tony Braxton for sure is number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I've, well, I've got the uh, the funny one that comes to mind. I think uh, having a beer with Weird Al would be fantastic because Ooh. he's. He, I'm sure he's got. I mean, I know he's got because I've heard great stories of. Yes. Uh, obviously, I mean, he's been doing this for over 40 years now. Um, he's outlasted, I would say, the majority of the acts that he's done parodies of. Uh, and I know he's got good, like, I know there's a, uh, with Amish Paradise, there was a whole uh, misunderstanding with Coolio and his record label where basically, because because Weird Al will ask every artist if he can do a parody of their song. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, a, he doesn't have to by by music law, but like as a gesture of good faith, he's like, hey, you know, I, I want to do a parody. And uh, most artists are like, oh yeah, of course, like that means we've made it. Like if you're if you're doing a parody of us, but Coolio, I guess his record label said, yeah, but Coolio had said no. Uh, and then so Weird Al did it. Coolio was apparently like very upset. Uh, and there was a whole, a whole beef, uh, which I'm sure there's, there's lots of great details that Al hasn't said publicly. So maybe I'd get some of those, <laughs> those juicy nuggets out there. Um, and then this might be a little bit of a cop out too, but I think it would be, uh, actually, no, I'm changing, changing the answer as I'm saying it. Uh, Dave Grohl is the other one. Because uh, nice. I think he would just be a delight. Do you know, do you know the, the one place when he has a beer where he goes when it comes to Austin? Dive bar? Dirty Bills. Ooh. That's where he gets his beer. That's what I like to hear. I've, yeah, I've heard um, a couple people have, have bumped into him. I, I don't think it was at Dirty Bills. So I think it was just while he was out and about. Um, mm-hmm. But that is, that's good intel. And all the more reason to post up. <laughs> All the more reason. Leslie and crew do a good job there. That's a crazy yes. bar. That's yeah. where we first kicked so. off this podcast. We first started oh, wow. recording in, uh, in Dirty Bills, so thanks nice. to Leslie. She would open up, and then she would just leave. <laughs> so it was just like, the bar's yours. So it was crazy, right? Because you're like, it was this cool kind of experience. You're like, what do you want to drink? Yeah. And they're like, looking at this full bar and be like, uh, I'm like, what do you want? And I just tell Leslie and you know, give her my credit card and wouldn't care. <laughs> but she was so nice and then it just i think um you know as as with anything right um she runs that bar but she also works at that bar and so you're going to bed at four in the morning and then i'm there at 10 knocking on the you know i'm like hey you know texting her can you let me in and she's like fuck i've got maybe six hours <laughs> i haven't eaten and then what she's gonna go back to sleep for two more hours and then i'm gonna wake her up again and have her come lock the door again 
I mean, it became a pain in the ass. And I, and I totally respect that. I really do. Um, mm -hmm. You know, dive bar is a little different. Matt's the GM. He's not working late nights. He's opening every day there. So it was a little easier for me to ping Matt and, and him and I would have a chat and go, this is kind of the crazy schedule. Does this work? And he was like, yeah, dude, I'm here every morning. And so it worked a lot easier. Um, nice. And there was no disrespect to, uh, to Leslie in any way or, or Dirty Bills. It was, it was more of respect, right? Because it just got harder to schedule time because, damn, I mean, people need rest. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it helps. <laughs> it helps, right? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm popping pro vigils and just running around like crazy. And she's like, how do you work on two hours of sleep? And I'm like, have you tried pro vigil? <laughs> it's great cocaine. It's amazing. You know, she's like, Jesus, you know, so, and so, yeah, but it was, um, but yeah, dirty bills. I mean, it's still a warm place in my heart. Uh, I love that place to death. I love the people to death. They have, they have the best t-shirts in all of Austin. As far as I'm concerned, those t-shirts that just say dirty across the front. They're the best. They really are. Um, you know, but Hey, uh, that, that's the beautiful thing about understanding people and environments and what's going on and uh and um you know moving moving around if you will and and trying new things and then we found a great home and dive bar and god bless matt and crew and i mean dude there's you know people thought matt was the producer so they would they would say stuff and they'd be like is uh can you tell producer matt to uh turn the fan down i'm like matt you got a new job you're a producer and he's like, <laughs> of a fucking bar like now i'm a producer like what's going on you got to fix it all in post. Yeah. got to fix it all in post. Come on, man. Let's get this shit done, Matt. So I'd be like, producer Matt, can I get another beer? And he's like, yeah, of course. You know, and they're like, you got people raising their hand and they're getting cocktails. And he's just, I mean, he's a, he's a gem of a human being. I mean, he plays, you know, he's, he's such a good sport about it and everything that it was just funny, you know. And it was, it was also weird for us because we had someone in the bar. Mm. So it was weird to hear people listen. Yeah. And then... The cool part was you get this background laughter. You'd get this these laughs yes. in the background. People are like, "Oh, Matt's there. Oh, Glenn's there. Oh, this person's there. Oh, look, the real ale brewing distributor guy just walked in, and Jason knows <laughs> him. And he's telling him to get on mic, and the guy's like, oh, "Get on mic," you know, and he's all nervous. And yeah, it's it's the fun shit, man. It really is. But no, we. I mean, I brought the bravery into Dirty Bills once. The bravery, and um, who's the um, the heavy set guy uh, plays the harmonica. Um, uh, do, 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 I can't remember his name, but he uh, yeah. John Popper. Yes. So the bravery, John Popper, and I sat around drinking whiskey and singing Eddie Rabbit songs. <laughs> I mean, just the the absolute best. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> You need to go lay down. I'm going to be done in a little bit. Go lay down. That was the deal. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Go lay down. I'll be there in 20. Boom, boom. See, this is what fatherhood's oh. about, right? When you get the, uh, <laughs> when, when you're trying to give mom a break. Yes. We're multitasking. People will get in and they'll be like, hey, man, did you ask your daughter? You got a permission to talk to her and then, you know, put this out? I'm like, what? She's... <laughs> She doesn't pay a fucking bill. She doesn't get a decision in this. She can sue me when I'm 70, okay? I'm almost 50 and she's six. So when she's 26 and wants to sue me, I'll be 76, fine. She's keeping a tally of every time. Keep a tally, I don't care. Get after it. 
It's fine. I didn't pay for your college anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a new car. It was great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's basically absolutely. the same thing. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, if, yeah. if I'm going to sit down and have a beer yeah. with some people, some musicians, um, I have this weird thing where uh, I really, really want to sit down and, and have a beer with, um, with uh, Blake Shelton for some reason. I don't know why. He just seems like a guy that'd be fun to have a beer with. And so yeah, I, yeah, I kind of like his that. music. I don't dislike his music. So I really would like to, uh, to have a, a beer with him. And then um, the other one uh, would, you know, would probably, I've already had a beer with Huey Lewis, which was kind of fun <laughs> in, in the Missoula, Montana airport. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That was kind of, I was underage. I was 17. Had a, had a Budweiser with him. It was pretty cool. Dang. I know. It was like, Did like, he know? Did he approve? Uh, he didn't know how young I was, but I had nice. him with my mom's purple pen sign my Batman double issue Rolling Stone on the cover, which had <laughs> nothing to do with him. Nothing. <laughs> this is back in the day. There's been selfies. There was this bullshit. He was like, he wanted an autograph. He didn't care what the fuck it was on. He wanted an autograph. Yeah. And I got my autograph on the Batman double issue Rolling Stone and a purple pen from Huey Lewis in the Missoula, Montana airport. And then he went into the bar and I followed him into the bar and I ordered a Budweiser and chatted with him. <laughs> it was insane. But the other person, as far as a musician, um, I mean, I'd go, you know, Dave Grohl is, that's a great call. Um, I would say, you know, anybody else that would just, that I think would just be fun to drink with. I'd like to, I would like to drink with Jimmy Buffett. Like mm. the bullshit and just hear the song, you know, hear, hear him talk about his songs. Like, which ones do you like and which ones are made up fun bullshit? <laughs> right? Like, it's, it's kind of like, you know, um, uh, Elton John. Like, which ones are you passionate about that you love? And honestly, which ones were you just snorting coke and going, I bet I can do a song about yeah. this. And people are going to fuck Cash me. grab. <laughs> What's my cash grab, right? Yeah. It's just like actors. Like you want to you grab a couple actors and go, like, I, 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 I want to play basketball with David Duchovny. I hear he loves to play hoops. I hear he's a great hoops player. Same with Adam Sandler. Those are the only two guys. Uh, oh, man. But, I almost had an Adam Sandler basketball story. This was what? when I lived at... My brother-in-law has played with him. I was out in LA and I usually would play on the weekends. I'd play, uh, I'd play pickup basketball with him. You still play? Some, just some other folks. I do, yeah. Um, up until, uh, you know, all the, the social distancing, I played in a, a, a league up uh, at the JCC up in North Austin on Monday nights. Yeah. Uh, um, I believe Austin at this Oaks. point, no. Yeah. Austin Oaks, down south. Uh, Sundays, when, before oh, nice. the play started. Oh. We'd play from 1.30 to 4.30 on Sundays. Then there was a Sunday night league game, and then there's a Friday afternoon game from noon until like three o'clock, four o'clock. Nice. I used to play out there like way when I first moved out here. I I don't think it was Sundays though. I think it was during the week, and then it just got too many people just started showing up. So it was like you know a two and a half hour wait. So then the guy yeah. was like, "All right, we gotta like ration this out." And then I just stopped hearing from him, so I didn't make the cut. I guess. Um, no, I got I got some inside info yeah. on some on some good games, some good runs. Nice. We'll, we'll we'll stay nice. in touch yeah. as, as this breaks yeah. down. Please, let's yeah. do that. Yes, I I would love more run. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, was dating a girl at the time in LA, 
who I uh, was doing a play of The Crucible. Uh, and it was like the debut of it on this Saturday or Sunday. And so I was like, all right, I got to go support like no brother-in-law. I can't play basketball today. Uh, and then I get out of the show and, and have a text of like, hey, Adam Sandler was there at the, at the uh, courts. And I was just like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, we weren't sure if it was him. Like he came up with a few friends and, and then uh, he did like his laugh, his Adam Sandler. I'm like, oh, that was a terrible laugh. But I, uh, you know, that distinctive Adam Sandler laugh. And then it was like, okay, we know it's him. Uh, and apparently it has a bit of an old school game. Like he'll throw some body around. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty, you know, sturdy, solidly built. Um, but yeah, just a, they, he said he said it was pretty good. Yeah, so I, I have like, always regretted that. Um, it was a good, I mean, it was a, it was a fine performance of the Crucible, but would have much rather played basketball with Adam Sandler. <laughs> I mean, you know, potato, potato, but seriously, <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> I know, I know I did. You I did are... play uh, with Nick Foles once, Ooh, if that's how was he? Uh, any kind of consolation. He's very good at basketball as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's six, six, I believe. I, and he, he grew up in Austin, uh, or at least went to high school in Austin. So yeah, big uh, buddy dick of mine Nick. who went, yeah, big dick Nick, um, <laughs> did not, did not confirm or deny that, but, um, he, I, I did draw him as an assignment and this was, this was when he was on the Rams, which I, I was reminiscing about this not too long ago. So I looked this up. He was on the Rams for just a season, but he was on them the year uh, right before they moved to LA. So he played in St. Louis, but then he was still on the team mm-hmm. when they moved to LA. And I remember him saying like, oh, I'm so glad. Like, like LA is such an upgrade over St. Louis. <laughs> like he was so excited Ooh. for it. And then he got traded. I didn't realize this until I was like reminiscing the other day, but he got traded to Kansas City that off season. So soon after that, he had been traded from one spot in Missouri to or I guess the Chiefs play in Kansas, not in Kansas yeah. City, Missouri. So, but basically, like one, you know, kind of podunk middle, middle of the uh, country town to another. So, I never got to play in LA, which is too bad. But yeah, I I drew the assignment of guarding him, and I was just like, what if I accidentally like bop him in the nose, or like we bang knees and he tears his ACL or something? So I don't think I gave my full defensive effort, which is too bad. But he also, I mean, he I'm six two, so he. He could get a jump shot off over me pretty easily, anyways. <laughs> when I was Took advantage of that. When I was down in Newport, uh, my buddy Alex, his brother-in-law was Troy Palomalu. Oh, so I got to play against Troy. Is his once. hair as luscious as it, it looks? <sighs> He's as strong as he looks too, and as <laughs> oh, fast. He oh. separated my spine a couple of times on oh, just no. screens, on just screens, and then would just pick me up by my chest with one hand and be like, "Jason, are you okay?" Just, just such a soft, gentle <laughs> voice. And then, uh, so I played with him, um, played with Cherokee Parks, because he worked Oh, yeah. Cherokee was uh, very nice, um, could just shoot, made, made anything, anything. Like, uh, one of the things they were saying that you're talking to Cherokee, he's like, oh, you have to like make 100% of the shots you shoot in warmups, so you can make 60, 50, 40% of the shots you make in a game because of defense and i was just blown away ac green the meanest person i've ever played basketball with wow um alex holmes was a was a blocking tight end he was he was on the usc championship run teams he was a blocking tight end for the st louis uh he could still run like a 5 140 and he would drive the lane and be like get in front take the charge i'm like i'm sorry what (laughs) 
that man will murder me. I'm not doing that bullshit. Nope, not going to happen. And then um, who else? Tony Gonzalez popped out, played with us a couple of times. Uh, I shot, I made one three-pointer on Tony. And I said, nice. and, I, and I looked at him smiling, like, someone's got to guard this guy. And then I tried to shoot again, and he palmed it out of the sky. <laughs> he landed in front of me. He handed me the ball back, and he goes, you drop something. <laughs> I rolled it out of bounds. I was like, real dick. (laughs) And then uh, my buddy Ray Etheridge, who played for the Raiders and uh, played for, uh, who else played Played for the Raiders, played for for, uh, Baltimore with Ray Lewis. He was a uh, defensive end, great guy. We called him the Tin Man because it took him all the way, he was all stiff, took him all the warm up. And a couple other smaller pro guys that, people wouldn't uh really know but he was it was um it was fun man those guys were so nice to let me play with them because i i mean i was nowhere near anywhere on, on any professional athletes radar of them playing 40 percent and i'm playing 100 percent like, okay <laughs> do, do, do. but they knew i wouldn't foul them you know to your point right they live in this you know they're protecting their bodies but they're still trying to get a workout and they're still trying to be mm-hmm. competitive and have fun and they knew i wouldn't hurt them they knew I wouldn't foul them. They knew I wasn't trying to score a bucket just to score a bucket on Ray or on Tony or on Cherokee or anybody else. And so the games were fun. And, you know, they kind of played with me. Um, but I would play as hard as I could without hurting anyone. And that gave me years of basketball with those guys, which was a lot of fun. I mean, I was, and, you know, still I'm an average guy. 45 and trying to you know run up and down the court with 20 year olds but it's fun i mean it's such a it's that that juice that bump that competitiveness that fun love it you you can't beat it you know my wife doesn't understand she's just like what are you doing why are you you there for three hours like i would be there for seven if my body would let me this is fun this is really really fun you know, but yeah. it's a, uh, yeah, those are for people that don't know or don't understand or, or don't get it. Um, all I can say is, is that whatever passion you have, whatever project, whatever thing you work on, please know it's like that with a little physical exertion. Like you get, you get, you get everything out. You get your workout in, you get sweat in, you get angst out, you get aggression out. But you don't get aggression out in a way where you're trying to hurt someone. You get it out in trying to match someone. Generally speaking, especially for me as older, they're better than me. It's better. I'm playing against these guys and they're just better. And I'm like, okay, well, good. I'm going to try this. You know, and you get one hook shot and they're like, what was that? (laughs) You get a hook shot over a 24-year-old kid. He's like, what the hell was that? (laughs) Welcome to basketball. I don't recognize it and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, man. I mean, that's just, it's one of those things. I play with this young kid, Ian. He's great. He used to uh, work at Nice Kicks. And so he's always coming in with the best brand new shoes. And, nice. You know, he's doing these videos with these shoes and we're having fun. And I am just, I just talk mad shit to him. He's faster than me. <laughs> he's a better shooter than me. He's just a, he's a really, I've got a turnaround jumper. That's all I got on him that he just can't do. And it's fun because he's this young kid and he's, you know, I, I, 
I got into biking during this COVID thing, right? Where I am just, I'm doing, trying to do like 15, 20 miles every other day. Just get on the mountain bike, get on the road, bust it out and I'll share it. He's like, I just shot 50 more jump shots in the park. Like, get head. <laughs> That's good to have people like that, that are like, cause I think it is more fun when you can kind of talk trash back and forth to each other like that. And yeah, like it's all in good fun. Like you're not, you're not out to hurt or offend anyone. Well, maybe offend a little bit, but uh, you gotta offend a little bit. Yeah, you gotta hurt nothing. someone. You gotta, you gotta get them a little ruffled up. Right. Nothing too crazy. That's right. Also, I have to let some dogs out real quick. No, that, I, now we know <laughs> let the dogs out. It's cool. He see what happened, folks. Is he took his earpiece out. He did not hear that wonderful joke. You guys are all laughing like crazy. And here comes the man. And now we know who let the dogs out. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> did the joke twice so you could laugh at that one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I hope you leave both ends. So. Oh, I will leave. <laughs> there, there is the editing on this is none. I, um, <laughs> I just, I can't, I can't do it because I want, you know, Joe Rogan is a, is a, I'm a big fan and I like the stream of consciousness ideal that he -hmm. he performs and pushes forward. And, um, I think it's important. I I really do. Uh, I think it's important for people to understand who you are and, and how conversations go. When you edit and cut things up and cut things out, I understand it for music. I understand it for movies no one ever has a conversation and goes, you take that part out. I don't want you to hear that part. And instead I want you to hear this part. It's like, no, 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 that shit does not work that way. Mm. And I wanted this to, to be similar in the fact that it's just listen in, listen on a conversation of, of two people. Some people you may know, you know, I've been very fortunate to um, have some really fun guests on, but I've also been really fortunate to have, it's interesting. Um, some of my most popular episodes are friends or people that I'm just talking to that have, that have never been on the podcast or, you know, um, you know, let's say they're not a Tim Kennedy or a Jesse Mae Palouse or, or a Whitney Chitwood. Right. But <clears throat> people are like, Holy shit. Like what? Hold on. That's an interesting, like, because you don't have anything to lose, right? You're not prepared in your material. You are instead, you're just being you. And that's, that's the thing that I, that I see people drawing to in, in, a, in a very, very, very big way, which is, which is a lot of fun. You yeah. Know? And I, I think that's something like I love about podcasting is just getting to meet new people like that. Like, would we have ever met otherwise if I hadn't commented on, on a mutual friend's <laughs> podcast, on Jolene's podcast? Like maybe not, but Maybe not. I'm having a great time. <laughs> and I'm having a great time too. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you can come back anytime. Like, we'll, we'll do this again on another movie because this is just fun conversation. And, yeah. and the randomness of fun is the point, right? It's, it's the idea of like, this is how people should think. This whole thing of I'm going to stay in my bubble and you know, versus I'm going to go out, like, I'm an adventurer, right? You're an adventurer. You went from Chicago to Miami. You did road trips back and forth. Oh, would not recommend. <laughs> I recommend it 100%. You're going to have, and I tell my daughter. Like, well, my get, daughter, a, get a better car if you're going to do it. That's my yeah, recommendation. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my daughter and I will do road trips. We did a road trip to Montana. From here, from Austin to Montana. Ooh, yeah. That we was beautiful, most, I bet. <laughs> we took the most roundabout way and stopped in Roswell, New Mexico. 
so that we could have alien pancakes. Very nice. Then we went to Denver, spent the night, and then we drove up all the way up to Montana and we stopped at all these places and we just knew the goal was two things. It's like, listen, nine out of 10 spots are going to be awful. They're just going to be dog shit. They're not going to be good. It's going to be a shitty gas station. It's not going to be fun, but there's going to be that 10th spot. And man, that 10th spot is going to be so good. And we were coming, we drove, took a road trip to Kentucky and we're coming back from Kentucky. And it's just her and I, it is a 15 hour drive. And we stop at this truck stop diner kind of place. And it's sketchy. You walk in and there's some cockroaches running around. <laughs> but there's a sign that says world famous flapjacks. I go, you want some pancakes, kid? She's like, I do. It's like lunchtime. I don't fucking care. We're on a road trip. <laughs> there's, no, there's no rules to food on a road trip, except for the driver shouldn't eat anything heavy so they don't get tired, right? So I'm like, I, I don't eat on road trips. I will go 15 hours. I will, I will fast that day, if you will, because, you know, just, just food makes me tired personally for me. Sure. So we get these, I order a short stack, three pancakes, 20 minutes later. I'm like, Hey, I ordered their short stack. She's like, yep. I'm like, okay, are we going to get them? She goes, yeah, they're being made. They were each an inch thick. My daughter took a bite. She goes, wow. dad, these are so good and so sweet. I don't need syrup. <laughs> I'm like, bullshit. Give me one. So I reach back and tear off a piece. I'm like, I just, Wilford Brimley got diabetes again for, for all of us. <laughs> His mustache just got diabetes. This is insane. They were the best pancakes I've ever had. And their short stack should be one pancake. <laughs> Because it's so, I mean, dude, it was this thick. It was an inch thick. It was, it was amazing, but it was so good. And she's like, no, 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 ate one. I took part of one because I just couldn't believe how sweet it was, how amazing it was. We had the rest. She's like, here's the two and a half pancakes up here. I'm like, shit, I got to pull up and get a Red Bull just so I can power through this sugar crash <laughs> I'm going to have. And then we stop at a place, uh, Palestine, Texas. And nothing's open except for this brewery and restaurant. And they are doing a, uh, a night of pajamas and um, it's like whatever, whatever. There's a movie on about trains and some shit for Christmas. And, there, and I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea. But she's in her pajamas. She's got a unicorn onesie on because I woke her up at four in the morning to leave Kentucky. And it's the <laughs> evening. And we're in Palestine and we're hanging out. And we stop in this bar and it's got, a, it's got food and there's kids there because there's a train that's right by this bar and they're going to choo-choo around this train. I'm like, okay, perfect. Great. Let's do it. Well, someone's like, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're doing a road trip back from Kentucky. And I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, Jesus, man, that's got to be horrible. I'm like, what? My kid's a fucking rock star. She's the best. She hasn't complained once. We got some epic pancakes and we're hoping the food here is as good as the pancakes were in Louisiana <laughs> or wherever, the, wherever we got them, Alabama. And the guy's like, I'm buying you a beer and I'm buying your kid a lemonade. And my daughter's like, I prefer pink lemonade. He's like, you got it, kid. So we get a free drink. I order a hot dog um, and I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to eat. Thank you very much. Like, oh, are you here for the train thing? I'm like, nope, we're traveling through, talk to the waitress. And then we get hooked up with some other POS and everything. 
out of Palestine, Texas, just driving through. And she's like, dad, this is why I love road trips. I'm like, this is why I love road trips. Dad got a free beer. You got a free pink lemonade. And we'll get you a hot dog. And you loved it. And then it was another, what, seven hours or six hours from Palestine to uh, Austin. And then just shot that down. Text the neighbors. Hey, I'm rolling in. I've got your yingling. I've got your beer from here. I've got your thing from here. I've got your thing from here. Boom, boom, boom. Do my deliveries. Put her to bed. The wife's already here because she flew. You know, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm having beers with the neighbors. Like, now nah, I'm awake. Like, listen, I got to tell these stories now. I mean, we, we stopped at a place called McDonald's that wasn't a McDonald's. It was an alligator. It was like an alligator deli. Oh, wow. it, had, it was like a little country store. And then on the side, it had one of those deli cases. And it was all different cuts of alligator. Some cooked, some uncooked. And then in the back, remember those foam uh, toilet seats? Yes. And they would break yeah. apart and you'd see the foam inside. Yeah. Well, I take my daughter and use the restroom and she goes, this place is disgusting. <laughs> but dad, it smells magical in here. And I'm just like, well, you, you don't get this on a flight from Austin to Nashville. You don't get this on a flight from Austin to Montana. You got to put in the hours. You got to put in a little bit of the pain, a little bit of discomfort to have the fun stories. You just do. You got to do it. And yeah, so there you go. Another rant. Hey, uh, the movie, <laughs> the movie is obviously the movie has ended. The, the credits are starting to roll. Um, two things. One, I should have done this at the beginning. I apologize. Uh, but we'll, I'll put this in the uh, email me as well because I will forget um, I'll, or I'll type it wrong. Um, your social channels for your band or how yes. people can follow your band or go see you. And then I will, of course, put this in the, uh, in the Instagram and on the SoundCloud and everything else. So number one, that. Number two, uh, close us out with, if you don't mind, um, your favorite road trip story. I don't want, oh, I don't want to close out with story. I don't want to close out with me talking. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Just the most awkward ending to a podcast <laughs> ever. Goodbye. Like, you tell a story, I'm going to say goodbye. Well, sorry, I'll <laughs> but say goodbye. first, your socials. Got to let people know how to get in touch with you or, or get your music or follow it. We know the band name, but just give some socials up, please. And then yes. I'll, I'll do the links and everything else. All right. Sounds lovely. Uh, yeah, our band, Burning Years. Uh, you can follow on Twitter or Instagram at Burning Years ATX or on Facebook, Burning Years Texas. And listen, like literally anywhere you can listen to music and hopefully we'll be having a show. We did have a show get uh, postponed uh, to a later date. So that'll probably end up sometime in the fall and it'll be great. Lots of fun. What uh, the, uh, the very first review we got for our, our EP way back in the day was a uh, very good debut EP, even better live. And so I've, I've taken that pride uh, in all of our shows and I think, uh, it's just it's it's like you're saying like just a, a group of people all together all enjoying the same thing uh, and it's just a, a real cool community event every time we play uh, and then I feel like I should have told my road trip stories first because I feel like uh, yours top mine but I I drove out to uh, Big Bend with my parents uh, a few years ago um, and I thought that was just like a super cool uh, trip I, I really hadn't been I mean, west of, I don't know, Johnson City, 
probably okay. prior to that. Um, so it was it was a a new experience for me just seeing like most of the the western part. Now, you know, once you get to Big Ben, you still have another six or seven hours to to get to the end of Texas. So uh, still a lot of the state I have not driven through, uh, at least on that side. But uh, I just remember, yeah, just like a, a super fun time, always hanging out with the parents. And then we got uh, we got there, and I'm, I don't remember the name of the place, but like one of the two restaurants in the town. I, I remember we had, um, we were there for a couple of nights. And one of the nights we were there, we stopped at a pizza place. I, and our server came over and uh, she asked, you know, what do you want to drink? And my dad asked for a recommendation on the wine. And she was like, oh, I don't know. I'm 17. <laughs> She's like, I know we have red and white. And he was like, okay, I'll take a red. I'll take a blend. I'd like both. Yeah, I'd like the rosé, please. Red and white, just mixed together. Um, but that that cracked me up for like the whole <laughs> the whole meal. So, um, but yeah, just uh, like totally agree. I think when you have a functioning car, uh, and and I think also when there's nowhere, um, when you don't have like a time limit uh, constrained to you. The, my one experience with Palestine, uh, this was also a, a fun road trip, but it was more because of what happened once we were there uh, than like anything along the way. But I, a friend of mine got married in Palestine oh, wow. and um, her uh, her reception was just kind of at this, I don't know if it was like a converted barn or something, but it was like you know, a real, a real Texas type of reception hall. Um, and I just remember the, the uh, parting gifts were bunt cakes and cases of beer. Uh, and I was just uh, like, I, this is great. This fucking wedding. This yeah. is amazing. Yeah. The, both of them were kind of impromptu because they were thinking they would have eaten all of them. Uh, like during the, the uh, drinking the beers, obviously drink the beers. Um, but yeah, there were just like so many left over. They're like, yeah, just take whatever you want. And I was like, let me just get all these bunt cakes and then let me come back for the beer. And then boom, we're set up. So how was the wedding? Bunt cake was great. Yeah. And uh, I'm still drinking the beer. And every time yeah. I crack one open, I'm like, I hope you guys are married for at least one more day. They, they are. I will report they're doing, they, uh, they got married in 2013, I think, 2013, 2014. I have one child and I recently pregnant with triplets. So triplets on the way. So yeah, you're uh, quadrupling the size. <laughs> and they have triplets at some point in time. You don't know yes. when, but it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, that's science. Yeah, That's just, that's science. Bun cakes yeah. and triplets, they kind of go together. They really do. really do. David Hasselhoff taught me that on Knight Rider. That <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense. There's someone going, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Hold on. I've seen every Knight Rider. <laughs> Joey, man, this has been so much fun. This you is know, great, I, Jason. Thank you so much, man. I'll tell you this, and I really do mean this. Um, I, say, I say this to everybody now. And it really is from my heart. We will make and lose money. We will. The avocado will be good. It'll go bad by the second we touch it and want it for guacamole. And we'll go buy another one. <laughs> Bananas will go bad and we'll make banana bread. And I just bad. did that. I just that, did that this week. And that's going to go bad because <laughs> we're like, who the fuck eats banana bread? But <laughs> Pro tip, throw chocolate and peanut butter in there. 
and then, then it's, it's a winner. Then, it's and then, the then winner, you yeah. need it. Then you get it done. <laughs> but the one thing we don't get back is time. So you know, to to spend this time with me, man, I I really do appreciate it. Uh, especially not knowing me from from Adam, except for a com comment on 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 another on on a friend's thing about <laughs> and some everything else. So. With that said, man, I, I greatly appreciate the time. Uh, it, it, I, I don't, I honestly, I don't, I don't take it lightly. Uh, it's, 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 it's an honor to take, uh, to, to have someone donate two hours of their time to, to chat with me. It means a lot to me. It really does. Likewise, and thank you, thank you for taking the time, both for me and for other guests. And look forward to hooping once we're we're back in Ableton. We are gonna hoop. We are gonna hoop. <laughs> So with that, my friend, I say adieu, and uh, let's do this again, okay? Let's do. I do. Absolutely. Be good, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Jason. Yeah.